You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Okay, so I have something that I can't wait to share. Oh, good news. I, uh, I, I'm i pretty sure that I have achieved the status of being the last person ever Are you a big to watch Stranger Things. Oh, interesting. Finally, I fucking went through the whole goddamn thing in like two, three days. You're a little Lebowski urban achiever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> without the without the meat. What was it? Without the necessary means. Means with for the necessary, necessary means, means for. <laughs> uh, Dude, congrats! Fucking Welcome loved to it. the club, right? Fucking loved now, it. Now, let me ask you this: from the moment you started the first episode to the moment you finished the last, what kind of span of time are we talking? I don't. It was like two or three days. Okay, yeah, that's pretty much how we yeah, did it too. Yeah, it couldn't like, put it down. Uh, well, I mean, if the only times the only times I stopped watching it was because I had to. Exactly. Like, all right, time to take care of the baby, or mm-hmm. we need to go shopping, or yeah. we need to take care of something. Urinate. That's the, other other than that, I was fucking watching the shit out of it. Yeah, show. dude. Yeah, it's it's and, and and they flow so nicely from one to the other, and it's just it it really is just like one long eight hour movie. Yes, which I I you know the UK they've been doing this. For decades now, we've been doing it for decades. Where they do like the Stephen King movie of the week or whatever. Remember yeah. when he did the the stand but, and uh, the Tommy Knockers? But and they the do it, They do it with most of their. But those are like events. They're not series. There's no That's like true. season one, season two. They've okay. been doing that with TV shows where there's like we're just gonna make six eight hour episodes. Yeah, uh, sorry, six one hour episodes. I'd love six eight hour episodes <laughs> of this. If the Duffer Brothers could keep it up like that, oh my god, I'm kind of worried about where they would yes. go for season two. This is going to be a heroes situation where yeah. the first season is perfect. Everybody's talking about it. Everyone's excited. It's it was so good. I don't know how you can live. It up was to such it. good TV, and mm-hmm. I love the fact that like. They didn't, and I've been dying to talk about this. Sarah just finally finished it, too. Oh, good. She watched it, like, right after I did. I was like, babe, I finally watched Stranger Things. She's like, is it as good as people say? I was like, I couldn't even talk. I just nodded my head. I was like, yeah, it's it's pretty fucking good. Um, I I love the fact that it wasn't, like, cheeky 80s. Like, hey, look at this. Remember the 80s? Right. It was a period piece. There was no hot tub time machine. It was just that, like, this story is best told in this time frame. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit more of an innocent time, but we are, it was a time where, like, science was starting to make its leap. And, mm-hmm. you know, science fiction, people were really into it. And it, it was just a cool love letter to sci-fi fans mm-hmm. while being an awesome story on its own. Plus, it's it's nice to uh, go back to the, the era before smartphones when uh-huh. not everything can be solved by just punching by just up Googling your it. iPhone. Um, What's the upside down? <laughs> Alexa, open the upside down. <laughs> Opening the upside down, Joe. Uh, there was just, I mean, honestly, in that span of eight episodes, mm-hmm. one thing bothered me. There was one bit of writing that I thought was really fucking weak. Uh, let's see if it's the same thing that that bugged me. It's really small. Okay, I, I really don't think it's it's a it's a big thing. Spoiler so alert I, for listeners, by the way. If yeah, you have not made your way through Stranger we, Things. We're, we're about to spoil a little a little bit. Mm, I will. Um, all right. So after Jonathan Byers and Nancy, yeah, go searching for for Will, mm-hmm. and like they okay they go. To the hardware store, because mm-hmm. after they went through, she went through the tree stump or whatever. That's right. Which I'm like, okay, after you've gone like 50 yards in a tree stump, why don't you... Maybe turn back and exactly hey, Jonathan, there's something here. <laughs> uh, but that's fine. That's how suspense is made. That's mm-hmm. how movies and shows work. So sure. I'm not really going to tear it apart for that. Uh, so he gets her back out and they're like, fuck, you know, we need to hunt this thing. So they go to the hardware store, yep. at the gun shop, they yeah. get all these things, they get the bear traps. 
And as they're getting out of the store, someone's like, hey, Nancy, love your movie or whatever. And she walks over and she sees like the, you the know, writing on Nancy, the sign. Nancy's a slut or whatever. Or whatever. Uh, and they find Steve mm-hmm. and, and his buddy, Tommy, or whatever the hell his name is. Mm-hmm. Asshole du jour. And so like Jonathan shows up and he's kind of like defending Nancy a little bit. Mm-hmm. But then like they're walking away and Steve says some shitty stuff like, that's right. You know, your brother died. And I'm, yeah, I'm glad that happened. Your brother. Da, 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 da. And so then that's when Jonathan turns around, punches the shit out of him, starts Rightfully beating so. him. They get in a fight, and he starts beating him down. Fast forward to the police station, mm-hmm. and, you know, the, there's the woman, the receptionist at the police station. She's like, this is for your boyfriend. And she's like, it's not my boyfriend. Are you sure? Because uh-huh. I've seen what, what drives men to do this, and it's love. Mm-hmm. I'm like, um, A little cheesy for you. But... It's his brother. Like, the dude said shitty stuff about his brother who is gone. Mm-hmm. That's what drove him to fucking beat <laughs> yeah. the hell out of him. It doesn't have anything to do it with love. It has nothing to do with love yeah. or relationships. And I'm glad that it point. never went there. It's a good point. I'm really happy it never went there with the story. Um, also, like, in true 80s fashion, what a cool redemption scene for Steve. Yeah, The Steve character. Right? I like, like that. Like, oh, my God. Like, how did I you do it. that? How did you pull that off? That, I like, it. I like you now. Yeah, see, well, and that's the thing. Like, these characters, like, have some dimension, right? Which They're is not what all... I liked about Lost. Another dimension. Yeah, exactly. Another dimension. Another dimension. Uh, where it wasn't... Ju- I mean, they kind of start off being two-dimensional, but I kind of like... What's his name? Is it Steve? Steve. I've already... I've already, Yeah. Yeah. He's just... When you go back and, like, look at his motivations, he's not... I was having this conversation with Jenna. He's not necessarily a bad dude. He's just a high school he's kid. He's just a horny He's male a horny high school kid. Who, you know, likes to get a little mischievous. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, hey, who didn't? I can't say that I wore a halo in high school. No. No. So I, I wasn't even playing an Xbox back then. <laughs> You're an Wait, asshole. that's what you were talking about, right? You're a fucking asshole. <laughs> no, but I really... Really fucking loved it. The thing that bugged me was uh, just the, the... It's a little too clean. Uh, there's the storyline of uh, where, where they find out about how um, uh, Eleven came to be. Yeah. That she was she was another lost child. And we they conveniently find the mother. Yeah. Looking at the like microfiche. Catatonic and stuff. Exactly. Um, and it's just like... Uh, I was hoping for a little more something interesting behind that. Because that's like, what like I... Like she was left behind. Like she was discovered. Not or or like, she was like grown. Like I thought for a oh, second that, that'd there be because cool. because the fact that you know they, they she they, kept calling him Papa. She can't talk exactly. She's calling him Papa. She doesn't speak very well. She she hasn't sat in a lazy boy before. All these things is like she's never experienced the outside world. Yeah, and yet no. Apparently she lived until she was. I don't know. Did they ever say how old she I was remember, when she was? I don't remember. Kidnapped. If they did. But uh, I just thought that was a little too uh, like I was guessing that's what it was, and I like to be surprised. Uh-huh. So, but but again, that's a minor quibble. That that girl who plays Eleven, Millie Bobby, they're Brown, all great. She's so good. Oh my god! Th- yeah, all the kids are, and like there's just something really weirdly like '80s iconic about all those kids. They did a really good job of great uh, casting. Yeah, exactly. Toothless, um, Toothless is my favorite. Lucas, that kid. No, Toothless uh, is that his name? Yeah, Luke, that is his name. Yeah, his name is. Lucas. I just keep calling him Toothless. Oh no, Lucas was the black kid. Uh, That's right. Uh, uh, what is what, that kid's name? Hold okay, on. Okay, so there was. I shall pull it up. Uh, on the crap. There was Mike, Lucas, mm-hmm. Will, of Will, course, and Tom. Tommy? Was it Tommy? Wait for it. Wait for it. <laughs> this is so Dustin. Exciting. Dustin. Of course, it was Dustin. Dustin. He's my favorite. Yeah, he was pretty great. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right, because they just had a shirt on uh, Ripped Apparel today <laughs> right? called Trust in Dustin. With the, uh, with the trucker hat? <laughs> yes. Love him. Well, good. I'm glad you finally... Oh, uh, dude. 
Loved saw it. Saw that one as well. Loved it. So I, I mean, hope it can live up to high expectations. It's really hard for me now to move on to like some of the other Netflix shows that I've been trying to get through. Mm-hmm. Like Daredevil. Uh, I, I watched a, a couple episodes today. Yeah. I was waiting for some stuff at work. So I was like, I'm going to just throw on Netflix, watch some Daredevil. Good show. Yeah. Good show, but it's just... It doesn't, it doesn't grab you, right? Grab you. It doesn't make you want to watch like, the next I, episode. I liked it. I liked it when I first started watching it with Sarah. And then, you know, we kind of slipped away. We didn't quite get to finish it. Mm-hmm. And so coming back to it, it's good. It's just, it's different. And it doesn't grab you in that same way. Like, I don't know what it was, man. The Duffer Brothers just totally... They, they captured everything that was great about those Spielberg, mm-hmm. uh, early George Lucas flicks. Uh, you know, it, it's... It's like they were able to catch that all, put that all in a little bottle, I've, and just give it to you. In I feel like show. there's a whiteboard somewhere where they just had a bunch of sticky notes, and they were like, "Here's the things we want to we want to see. We want to see kids riding bikes. Uh-huh. We want there to be a, a walkie-talkie. Exactly. We want there to be a weird, mysterious scientific development department. Like I could almost edit together a little side by side, and like every scene is kind of a mirror of another scene. And not just, I mean, not just Spielberg, but like the way that oh, they yeah. took some stuff from they borrowed from Stephen King. Mm-hmm. It was really fucking impressive. Uh, so yeah, that's me uh, giving uh, giving Stranger Things a big blowjob here on the Next Wave <laughs> Radio Network's uh, The Editing Bay. Yeah. My name's Joe. Mine's Joel. And this is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes they're bad movies, sometimes they're good movies. No matter what the case may be, uh, we will watch a movie every week and then come back here and discuss it with each other. And we invite you, our listeners, to take part in the discussion. All you have to do is go to Facebook in the search function, type in The Editing Bay. It's going to bring up a little uh, link with the woman with the bleeding eyes. Click on that. And that's where you could talk back to us and uh, tell us what you think about the movies that we've watched every week. If you want to give us any reviews, we uh, invite you to go ahead and do that as well. And if you have suggestions for movies that we could talk about in the future, that's where you can do it. This week, yeah, was uh, this was my pick, right? It was. Yeah, well, because we had we had teased this back when Forgot. Jeff was still with us. Uh-huh. Uh, did you make it to his party, dead? by the way? No, I didn't. I did. Oh, why are you asking then? You know I wasn't there. Well, I wasn't there the whole time. You son of a bitch! I was only, I was there for like two hours, oh, and then I took I meant off. To. Damn it! No, he's le- and today is the day he's driving to day. Colorado, yep. right? Yep. With a van just filled. Did with you bring smoke, my stuff? By the I way, I can imagine. Uh, who? Um, <laughs> That's a no. No, if, <laughs> I don't think no, you need to no. think about it that long. <laughs> well, I thought for a second it might have been in my car, but I did have to remove it. You're in my car because mm-hmm. Thor's hammer was taking up. <laughs> The entire back seat. Uh, so so like, this is what we call Joel's cock. Yeah. <laughs> Thor's hammer. It always comes right back. Uh, <laughs> it does, too. That's pretty good. Um, God oh, my eye. So, so no, we uh, we teased this a few times back when you were like going out of town. And I was like, well, maybe Jeff and I will watch Last Action Hero. And uh, we never did. So now we got around to it just because it kind of bothers me. It's like this weird... OCD thing with me where I'm like, okay, we teased we were going to do it. I know. And now we haven't, we oh. haven't, we haven't. Time to get it done. What about uh, Gross Point Gross Blank? Gross Point Blank we're going to have to do eventually. Someday. Yeah. I mean, it's, it would have been timely last month because that's when I had my 20-year reunion. Uh, and I was like, yes. okay, we could have we could have talked about it then. Well, we still can. Uh, maybe but it someday. is not this day. It is not this day. This day. This day we will talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. in... What could be described as like the movie that started the decline of yes. the Schwarzenegger films, yeah. The Last Action Hero. Unfortunate, yeah, because after this, it was uh, what was the one where he was fighting demons? It was like the seven end of days, end of days. Um, See, but this one came earlier than that. This one was yeah. like we had Total Recall, like he was on a high. Oh yeah, and then this was like the beginning of the PG thirteen family movie Schwarzenegger. Right. It was like this one hit, and then Jingle All the Way happened. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, Where's Kindergarten Cop and, like, fall in there? And like Junior happened. Kindergarten Cop was before this. Junior, oh yeah, 1990. You're yeah. right, which I enjoyed. 
No, it was a good movie mm-hmm. because it was still like hardcore Schwarzenegger. Um, yeah, he was like still his, playing a cop. He was still playing a cop, and he was still kind of a, a badass cop. Um, but, you know, with kids. But they threw, like, the humor of, like, kids in there, mm-hmm. but it was still kind of a dark story that was going on. Like, the reason why he got involved yeah. and was, like, a substitute teacher. That movie shares a lot, tonally, with this one that we're about to talk about. I'll give you that. Uh, some of the strengths and many of the weaknesses. <laughs> um, but, no, we're talking about Last Action Hero. This one was, what, 1991? 1993, actually. 1993. The year that Jurassic Park was released, and, in fact, the week... Prior to Jurassic Park's release, or maybe yeah. it was like right after. I thought it was the same week as Jurassic Park's release. Uh, I, I think one of them flinched and moved. I'm pretty sure it was Last Action Hero. And in wow. fact, they wanted to push the movie back like a whole month because they had a disastrous test screening. Uh, it was They tried to rush it in, into production. It was one of those things where the studio had set the release date like years in advance. Much uh-huh. They do that now, but I think they yeah. got a better handle on how long... These like if you look at the the Disney Marvel timeline, yeah, exactly. Like I don't know how you do that and get it down to the week, but but they they pad time for reshoots, yeah. uh, and and marketing and campaigns, special effects, and everything. So it, it's it's a it's a well oiled machine at this point. But yes. uh, last action hero, welcome was not. to machine. <laughs> Is that Floyd. on that soundtrack as well? It's Pink Floyd. No, oh, I man, it. I got it, dude. Mm-hmm. Last action hero had a pretty good soundtrack. Yeah. So the story, what we're talking about in last action hero, it's a story about this kid named Danny Madigan. Mm-hmm. Um, who apparently likes to skip school a lot. Yeah. Hang out with an old man at a dirty movie theater. Right. Sneak out of his house at, at night. night. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. A little bit. Uh, <laughs> Alone. They they have little like cosplay sessions where the old man dresses up like an usher. <laughs> right. And he's like, may I take your ticket? This is a ritual. And by your ticket, I mean your cock. Would you like some popcorn? <laughs> and by popcorn, I mean my cock. <laughs> Like a hole in the bottom of the... Uh... And by hole in the bottom, I mean my cock. <laughs> uh, all right, so... No, this little kid, Danny, he hangs out and he watches movies instead of going to school. <laughs> Joe, um, can you relate to this? I feel like this was your I, youth. I kind of can a little bit. I didn't skip school to watch movies, but this was like part of the reason why I got a job at a movie theater, and that was the job that I had for two, three years. You know, That was my big high school job that I loved doing. And uh, and it was mostly because I love being around movies. That's why we fucking do this every week. Right. I love movies. I love watching movies. I love talking about it. Um, so, yeah, no, I can absolutely relate. Uh, but, I, again, I would never skip school. Nor did I make friends with, like, the creepy old men that worked <laughs> in, like, the seedy movie theater with, like, graffiti all over the I know. World. It's like it's, it feels like it's one uh, bad review, bad Yelp review away from uh, being shut down. Well, it's, <laughs> I think Harold Ramis said it best in the first Ghostbusters when he said, this place should be should condemned. Be, be condemned. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand how, like, that's passing any safety. No. And, and I don't know if you noticed, like, whenever he leaves or goes into that place, there's mm-hmm. a little sign out front. It's like, future... Future site of a Lowe's 10, a Lowe's oh, 10 no. screen theater or whatever. Oh, interesting. Yeah. A little social commentary going on I don't on know there. if it is because I cannot... That might explain why the movie was poorly reviewed because... You know, some of these some of these movie houses kind of have reviewers in their pockets. That's true. And so, if they see something like that, and they're like, "Oh, this movie's kind of poking at the big cinema plexes." Well, fuck this. We're going to review it pretty poorly. It was also satirical uh, in a lot of ways uh, in, around just in, action movies in, every in way. general. In yeah. every way, this is kind of you could almost see traces of what ended up becoming Hot Fuzz in this Dude, movie. Oh my god, I can't believe you said that. Yes, I had that exact same thought. I was like, oh, because. Of, 
the whole time I'm watching it, and Joe, this is the first time I'd seen this film. I, I oh, you'd never seen this movie? Never before. got around to seeing it before because wow. I was watching Jurassic Park for the fourth time along with everyone else in America in 1993, and not this film. Uh-huh. Yeah, this was a box office failure. It was uh, a huge Critical flop. failure. But I'm watching it, like, I'm, I'm waiting for something bad, right? You know, we're coming off of Wicker Man. Yeah. I'm expecting, like, Wicker Man levels because the Rotten Tomato scores are, like, what, 37%? It's low. 20. It's a, it's a low score. So I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to hate this film, and I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm no. looking for why it deserves such a low rating. I think that what you're seeing with those ratings, a lot of it is, okay, the nostalgia of how bad it is. Now, there are problems to this movie. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but we've but watched you much compare worse that, films right, that were rated we, higher. We have, but you have to understand in 1993, like every Schwarzenegger movie people have seen okay. were like, oh my God, this is fantastic. Terminator and, 2. And there was a lot of Total build up Recall, to this which I really didn't think Total Recall was that it's great. It's not that great. I don't like it that much. Yeah. Uh, this is better. I love. Well, I agree with this you. This is more ambitious. I kind of agree with you. Which is saying a lot for Total Recall. I, I have several notes for this movie. Okay. But I do want to say, since you've let the cat out of the bag, um, I like this movie. And for one reason, I think in particular, it rings very close to another movie that's close to my heart, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? <laughs> also, uh, Robert Zemeckis was this close to directing this film. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have made a lot of sense. And there's an animated cat in there's... this film as well. <laughs> Whiskers. Which, which is one of the problems that I have in this movie. Oh, really? Well, okay. I understand what you're doing in this. When the kid goes into the movie and now they're suddenly satirizing not just action movies, but Schwarzenegger movies in particular. Like you've got Sharon Stone comes walking out of yeah. a police department and Sharon Stone has a connection to Schwarzenegger. She was the wife in Total Recall. All of the and then people Robert have Patrick. cameos. Yeah. He's the T-1000. He's, He's the even T-1000. dressed in the cop. He walks out and that's a great little nod. Mm-hmm. While it doesn't make a whole lot of sense like in, in this world Mm-mm. and that's kind of what I was having a problem with. Oh, uh, reconciling. With, with, well, reconciling like what was going on in that police department. Like you had like leather mamas running around. Yes, all like, of the women are it's, dressed up in over-sexualized it was, outfits. It was really weird because that's not exactly something that's indicative of an action movie. No. It's just It was just weird. It's something weird that we try to do visually. Mm. And then they're like partnering people up and they're like, all right, Wilson, you're with the rabbi. And it's like a rabbi actually shows up, <laughs> yeah. which made me laugh. Yeah. But I went, okay, we don't really see that in action movies. Uh-huh. But I, I love it. I love what we're doing with like the action movie mm-hmm. trope where it's like we're partnering up people who aren't usually partnered up together. Yep. That's fine. Even with that, that's fine. But then when a cartoon cat shows up, I'm like, all right, there was never a point in a Schwarzenegger movie where he ever teamed up with a cartoon that's true. character. Uh, and I thought, like, okay, as far as that goes, that's obviously just kind of a, a random thing we're throwing in for the kids, for the PG-13 crowd. Um, we're doing it because we can, mm-hmm. not because we should. No. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's to, to, to color it up a little bit. We're, now, we're in movie world now where anything can happen. Right. Uh, and, and so... In that respect, I don't mind, but I mind. I don't, I don't know yeah. if that makes any sense. No, I get it too. It's it's also and and this world where we're living in, where we're inside the the movie. Um, so obviously Arnold Schwarzenegger doesn't exist. In fact, they go to the blockbuster and there's the the T the, the Terminator the, Two poster Judgment Day and it's got <laughs> this starting Stallone. Sylvester Stallone. It's got it him in the great, cardboard greatest cutout. performance <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's like okay, so so Schwarzenegger doesn't exist in this world, but later on in the film. We we admit that he he does exist in the real world. Like yes. he, he's playing himself as an actor going to the premiere of this film Jack that he's Slater's, starring in. Jack Slater six. So I guess so. We're like you said, we're specifically in this 
not just a movie world. We're in we're in a Jack Slater movie. A is Jack Slater Jack movie. Jack Slater? Yeah. Yeah, Jack, Jack Slater, Slater part six. 4. Or is it 4? Yeah. Oh, okay. You get your Roman numerals. My bad. <laughs> the I, I transposed the, the I. Exactly. I before V. Not except after C. <laughs> and by C, we mean cock. <laughs> no, 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 we don't. It's not what I meant at all. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So we're in Jack Slater's world, mm, not the world of every action movie. Exactly. If, if it were like a like like, you, like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where, oh, this is Toontown, where all of the anim- all the, the cartoons exist. Yes. It would have made a little more sense, mm-hmm. but uh, I forgive it. I, and, and I know I'm being a little nitpicky about that, but mm-hmm. I do feel like it's because of this that some of the satire works and some of the satire doesn't. Some of it feels a little uh, glommed on, uh-huh. um, and and actually, so was it Ian? No, it's a guy's name, Shane Black. Oh yeah, Shane Black right. was one of the writers. He, on this. he was the original writer. He uh-huh. and another guy wrote the script. Lethal Weapons, Shane Black. Yeah, thank you Iron very much. Man Iron Man Three, <laughs> Shane Black. What's the What's the most recent one? He just came out with something. It was It was Iron Man Three. No, 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 no. Like literally, like months ago, he did, just came out with a new. Oh, did he do film. another one? Yeah, I thought wow. so. IMDb to the rescue. It had to have something to do with Christmas, I'm uh, sure. <laughs> right, and, and and another child, a small child. <laughs> Uh, Shane Black. Shane Black. Um, but yeah, so uh, that script was then taken away and uh, rewritten by another team. And then uh, I think even after the fact came back um, uh-huh. and, and another rewrite was done on top of that. Yeah. Shane Black. Kiss, kiss, bang, bang. So it's really weird because Shane Black always has kids do things that like don't don't always make sense in the context of the film. Oh, yeah? Well, when Danny's like waiting, his mom's gone to work and Danny's waiting. He's like, okay, well, you know, what am I going to do? I'm hanging out. And he decides he is going to go to the movie theater to go see Jack Slater 4 mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. it comes out. And he like opens the door and a dude fucking mugs him. Like, yeah, hard dark, dark shit. At knife point. Dude comes in, mugs. He's like, anybody else here? Uh, and Danny's like, no, no. And and so like the dude fucking steals shit, throws a key in the toilet mm-hmm. so he can get himself out. And then the next shot is like Danny's at the police department yep. and this investigating officer says, all right, your mom says go straight home. Uh, what? No. No, I don't <laughs> think that's... Mom's going to meet you at yeah, the police mom... department. <laughs> Not only that, I, I think like the police would escort you home. The, or, or, yeah. And also there might be some hard questions for mama. Yeah. About why uh, this <laughs> child was left alone to defend himself. Right. Uh, so there are some quite, and the only reason that I'm bringing that up, the only reason that I'm thinking that that should be something that's discussed here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is because they make such a big deal about when they go back from the movie world into the real world, yeah. they're so set on like setting this up as hyper real. You know, this is the way things are. This is the way things work. Mm-hmm. But if you're, you're establishing the rules too late, you've already broken the rules that you're trying to establish when you come back into the real right. world. Right. Uh, and so it's it's little things like like from a writer's perspective, it's things like that that make me go, uh, that just rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, it was a little messy overall. And, and I think one critique that we probably both share is the length of this film, as do many critics. Uh huh. It's ten, two hours ten minutes. So it's a little long. It's about a half an hour too long. It's I a think. little long. And, and was, you feel every minute of it. You know why though? But I was I was with it. I was with it at about you know an hour thirty, an hour forty even. And then we get into, this kind of suffers from the Jurassic Park Lost World, another Jurassic Park tie-in, uh-huh. where um, you think the movie's almost over, but then there's a, an entire other act that has to take place. In the real world. In the real world. And that's, okay, I, I get <laughs> this it. Is, this is the the last action hero's version of Jeff Goldblum now chasing a dinosaur through yes, San Francisco. exactly. The back yeah. of a convertible. Oh my gosh. Um, which I uh, didn't mind, but it, it felt a little like, it felt a little unnecessary. Mm-hmm. And this one, it's just like, 
I, I get it. I get it. We we have to get the villain into the real world. That's fine. But then we have too many villains. Yep. Too many cooks. I was Jeff. just about to say that Joe. same thing. We have too many villains in this movie. Mm-hmm. You start off with Tony Vivaldi, played by Anthony. Dude, okay. Yeah, got a mobster. We got so many fucking actors in this there movie. Are a though. lot of actors. Like, they did a good job signing some fucking people to this film. You've got Anthony Quinn. You've got Charles mm-hmm. Dance. Uh, you have Tom Noonan, who, if you don't know who Tom yeah, Noonan is, he was in Manhunter. Actually, it was the first Hannibal Lecter movie uh, directed by Michael Mann. Mm-hmm. And... he's fucking great. And so he plays the Ripper in this and also plays himself. Yeah. Uh, Ian McKellen shows up at one point. Ian McKellen is death. Right. Which is great. He's so good doing his Ingmar Bergman Uh uh, and uh, and, uh, F. Murray Abraham. Yeah. F him. (laughs) Every time. (laughs) There's, I mean, there's, there's a good cast in this film. Yeah. And I like it too. I, I enjoy it. I think that it's fun for what it is. It's a fun movie. It's got a great... It I love comes, the concept. It, exactly. I was about to say, it comes from a really great place. A cool idea. It, because we've all sat there in the theater. Or, and wish or, that we could go into the movie. Or, or more realistically, in the classroom when we're being shown like an old black and white 1940s <laughs> film as he is in here. Which Hamlet. was a fun bit in the movie That's where great. Schwarzenegger is Hamlet. That's what I wanted more of. I thought the film was going to be a little more of that. Like where, where we're... It starts off... Where the kids kind of like... Like Secret Life of Walter Mitty, exactly, exactly. That would have been Going into this world, and is it real? Is it not real? Hell, I'm even fine with it being real. Fine, j- just go with that. But, uh-huh. but th- that's one concept enough for one film. Mm-hmm. And then this kind of self-realization that's that the Arnold Schwarzenegger character and the villain come to. They realize they're in a movie and they want to get out yeah. into the real world. Felt a little unnecessary. I, it's it's too well. It's putting too fine a point on it. Like I think I like the ambiguity of ambiguity. Ambiguity. I can't even fucking say the word. I like the ambiguity of like maybe the kid fucking you know falls asleep in the theater watching the movie. Right. And, and that's where he imagines having this this dream this mm-hmm. this this adventure with Jack Slater. And you can still have fun with all the tropes as they do where he's he's asking what's your phone number you know the blonde girl Oh that's the, a good bit too. 555 and what's yours 555. <laughs> that's why we invented the area codes. I love it, the the moment where he writes down we can only presume is <laughs> what the f word yeah. on a on a notepad he's like say this. <laughs> he's like Kid, I'm like, not to say that. Yeah, because it's a PG-13 <laughs> film. You can't say the F word. So I, I, you can still do that and have it be a dream. It doesn't have. It, it doesn't yeah. matter. That's fine. But like, th- that's the film I wanted to see. Where uh-huh. We're just it, we're in film world and we're making fun of all the tropes, right? And just, just flesh that out. We didn't need. If we didn't need the Terminator to um, self realization. Oh, I'm 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 not real. I'm an, I'm a yes. A I'm a construct. Because then that just introduces a whole other. So now he's in the real world. He's interacting with humans, and, and he isn't going nuts. He's like, not exactly. That would have been interesting to see him just like go nuts. Like there is no god. That could have like, been a you know, film on its own. That would have been dark. That would have been like Birdman. <laughs> yeah. But, but here's here's where I feel like it should have gone. Mm-hmm. This is where I felt like it zigged instead of zagging, uh, or zagged instead of zigged. I don't care. Um, He's on a roll of joint right now. That's all I know. We've already established that this magic ticket will let you go in and out of any movie you want. He's got a golden ticket. Within the first, I've got a golden ticket. (laughs) In the first like five minutes of the movie, we see like the Mm -hmm. Jack Slater kind of origin story where his son is killed by the Ripper. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, what would have been great since we're opening with this? This Mm -hmm. is supposed to be something that's. It's going to be pretty profound for the story. You're right. What would have been better, instead of Danny finding himself in that situation, Jack is able to go into that movie 
and save, save his, his son. son. Like we find out that when his son falls, that Jack Slater is catches him. Yeah. He's hanging and he catches his son and brings him out and like brings him into Jack Slater 4 where they can live together happily in this movie. I mean, I know that's really fucking trying to bend the rules and stuff with no, where, this, where oh, this goes. Please, this movie bends the rules all over the place. That's true, but I felt like, okay, if you're going to open up the movie with Jack Slater, that means he is your main character mm-hmm. instead of Danny. Jack Slater's your main character, so you need to give him something like that. Like, we've opened up with this, mm-hmm. and now, and you never see, like, you see just the kid go over the side. Mm-hmm. It leaves it open. So we could have Marty McFly that shit where we right. see it from another angle. He lands on the DeLorean. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, or... We keep Danny as our protagonist, and we see Danny, who's like maybe near the end of the movie, gets like someone tries to mug him again, and he steps up. Yep. You know, it, he learns something. And this is kind of one of my problems with, uh, even though I love the movie, The Lone Ranger, where the whole movie mm. is Tonto telling this little boy a story. Right. He needs to learn something from mm-hmm. this. Like, I feel like nobody takes what knowledge they've gained from this movie, from this story, and applies it to become a better person, to grow in some way. Well, and I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, whose film is this? Yeah. We, we start off thinking it's Danny's, but then at a certain point it turns into Schwarzenegger's. And then for a long time, it's it's the villains as yeah. he's kind of discovering the real world uh-huh. in a dark, satirical... 19 mid early 1990s um, New York City where crime is rampant and this I guess before Giuliani cleaned it up. Yeah, this is before Giuliani's New York. But it's really dark. Dude, Charles Dance is really good though. He's good though. I like I love him where he's like I was wondering if you could help me test a theory. <laughs> and he's like, I have just shot a man. Yeah, I'm willing to confess. I have murdered a man and I'm ready to confess. And somebody yells from a balcony, "Shut <laughs> up." <laughs> yep, that's uh, New York City. Uh, it was that was that was some fun stuff. Uh, um, I, 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 boom, 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 boom. There were, there were some fun things in this like movie as far game. as like their, their product placement. I don't know if you noticed Jack Slater rocking the mini disc player in his car. I did see that. Well, this is a Sony film. It's a, yeah, it's mm-hmm. a Sony movie. And so they were like really trying to shill that mini disc player. Yep. Didn't happen. No, instead, I'm sitting next to Jenna, who asks, what was that? (laughs) What is that thing? (laughs) Dear God, what is that thing? That's called proprietary technology, Jenna. (laughs) That's how you sync a company. That's right. Mm -hmm. Um, So, uh, I I like this movie. Mm -hmm. There are ways to look at this movie, though, where it could be kind of dark. Well, yeah, the the scene that I mentioned, where we're in New York now, and... and I'm I'm thinking okay, along, right. along different a, a different darker, a different a, a different line of uh, thinking here. Right. So we've got Danny, right, little kid, okay, eleven, hang, hangs out in a dirty, seedy movie theater with right. an old man, old dirty man. Do you think an argument could be made that this whole movie is like the story of a little kid trying to cope with the fact that he's being molested? It, this is the the trauma. The another, <laughs> we have another life of pie on our hands. Yes. Where he's, he's that he's having imagined. an adventure with Jack Slater. It's all a movie. Yeah, it's all make believe. Uh huh. Oh. <laughs> Does that not make you feel good to think about? No, 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 it doesn't. <laughs> but um, hey, hey, all theories are on the table here. I guess so. <clears throat> and and our phones, our phones are on the table. <laughs> I just thought, I thought that was worth mentioning. Uh, I had read that somewhere that the oh, really? uh, the, the molestation theory. Oh, I think it was like from a cracked article, cracked magazine oh, article. Of course, and they're like this could be. <laughs> This little boy's way of coping with what's going on with him. I was like, oh my God. That is he's not like, a PG-13 he's like film. This, this little boy, he's he's mugged and he shows up late and this old man admonishes him. <laughs> and he's like, you're late. You know what happens to little boys who get late. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah. I creeped myself out just saying that. I uh, 
I, I liked some of the, the little nods to different action movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we talk about how this thing satirizes and, and shows all the all the action movie tropes. Uh, when uh, There was a time where, like, every movie, every action movie, especially in the 80s, like, something had to happen to someone's family member to make things personal. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I love just, like, the idea that, like, they've burned through so many of yeah. Jack Slater's family members that We're now they left. had to go to, like, their se- his second cousin. <laughs> My favorite second played cousin. Played by Frank. Art Carney. Exactly. His, his final role on film apparently was it really mm-hmm. oh boy mm-hmm. and, and what are his dying words <laughs> he's like I'm out of here I'm out of here <laughs> <laughs> kind of right as he's delivering an important piece of information <laughs> yes uh, go. but then like the house blows up mm-hmm. and Schwarzenegger looks up and in one of the palm trees is a black police officer and he goes Two days to retirement. <laughs> yes. And then you hear like that lethal weapon style guitar stinger. They did that with the music a couple of times. Apparently there's a, you hear a bit of the diehard theme. The very beginning when the body falls. Exactly. In fact, many times throughout this movie they use some diehard score. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Well, uh, scored by Michael Kamen. Yeah. One of our favorite That's uh, who directors. scored diehard. Exactly. Yeah. Easy to get the rights. Uh, so, yeah. No, I, I, I feel like that was ob- obviously done on purpose mm-hmm. uh, to take some of the diehard soundtrack and it's only fair because Die Hard stole from the Star Trek Two soundtrack. Oh, that's so, right, it did. Yeah, at the it? very end, Jason Cox pointed that out one day. He was like, "Dude, when uh, when Al is shooting Carl, it's the music from Star Trek Two. I was like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Yeah. Um, so that that was something that helped me engage. There's also a couple of actors from Die Hard. This is directed by John McTiernan. Mm-hmm. That's right. So. All right, Who, I'm, I'm cool with that. Sadly, after this film's release and subsequent bashing by critics, um, kind of kind of took a little mini retirement. Yeah, but then that? he came back for Die Hard Three. Uh, oh, is that that's what he returned with? Huh? Yeah, which is a good flick. It's, all right, good. You know good what? For him. He had another movie too. Well, let's look it up. Uh, I can't remember now. David, John McTiernan. John, <laughs> David, John McTiernan. It's his Christian name. That's right. His sister, sister Christian. Christian. <laughs> Am I uh, spelling it wrong? Yeah, there it is. Mick Director Mick Die Hard. Matt Damon. Die Hard, Die Hard, Road of Vengeance, Predator, The Hunt for Red October. Hunt for Red October is direct. Bam. Uh, basic. Predator. 2003's Basic. Rollerball. Okay. Oh. Thomas Crown Affair from oh, 1999. Wow. <laughs> Rollerball. The 13th Warrior starring Antonio Banderas. Yes. That was a good flick too, man. Have you ever seen that one? Uh, 13th Warrior? I have yeah. not. No. Oh, God, that's yeah. good. What's it about? It's about... Give me the elevator a, pitch. Okay, so it's about a, a group of Vikings mm-hmm. that basically go into battle, and Ed, Antonio Banderas like, joins their group, and he's mm. the one that makes the difference. He's the 13th Warrior. Of course. Who else is in this film? Not Anto- Omar Antonio Sharif. Banderas. Omar Sharif. And, uh, Rock yeah. the Casbah. Not a lot of people. Sharif don't like <laughs> it. <laughs> Rock the Casbah. Rock the Speaking Cash of the, the movie tropes, so of course they do all the action films, but then they also uh, lean heavily on a lot of the mobster tropes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they do. I love the funeral. Where, where everybody's wearing a black suit and a hat. But then they, uh, when the shit hits the fan, everybody's got like a fucking Tommy gun. The nun. There's, yeah, there's the old woman in the uh, uh, in, a, in a wheelchair yeah. who pulls it out and starts firing. And that's and see, that's the thing. This movie has a lot of fun that's moments. when it's at its strongest. It's when it's making fun of itself, when it's very tongue-in-cheek. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, this movie is very atmospherically tone-deaf. Where, like, well, it's something, like, it's really fucking dark at some points. And I, and I think that has to do with the mandate that uh, Schwarzenegger, because he was executive producer on this. Like, this was, a lot of this was his, um, which is why he's more, most disappointed with it. Uh, which I, I would say, eh, you've, you've got some, some other films that uh, 
are, are more disappointing than this. this is actually yeah, that's pretty good. True. But uh, he wanted he didn't want it to d- just be a comedy, uh, you know, action making fun of films. He wanted there to be a little depth to the characters. So I think that's why we've introduced this. Oh, my son died, and I have to, and, and that, that storyline that comes around in the end. And uh, the the villain having a little more dimension, mm-hmm. uh, which is also probably why we have multiple villains, because the villain himself is kind of going through an existential crisis. Yeah. So he has to bring the Ripper in, uh, and like you said before, we've got the mobsters, Tony Vivaldi, exactly. Um, John so Practice. I think their their heart was in the right place. They wanted it to not just be a, a, a summer blockbuster action shoot 'em up, right? But they wanted to have some some dimensionality to the but characters. You I have you have to you have to retain a little bit of consistency with your tone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I mean, you could have funny moments. I mean, we've seen that. We've seen that with the Simon Pegg movies. Like you can yeah. have funny moments, but then also complement them with some kind of you know gravitas. Mm-hmm. But you have to take a little bit more care. Like you can't have it within like the span of two seconds where shit just goes down or, you know, we're, 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 we're they go to the door and Schwarzenegger's like, uh, yes, so we're looking for a drug dealer. Take off your glasses. Da, da, oh, da, yeah. da. And the guy's like, you know, talks about his dogs. Charles dances like my dogs are here. And then he stamps his fingers and he's like, they're very well trained. <laughs> and then we turn back and they're doing a pyramid. <laughs> it's funny. But it doesn't fit that moment. Like there's, they're building tension there, and when you do that, where the dogs are suddenly doing a pyramid, it kind of deflates it. Yeah. It, it. It makes you go, "What the fuck is happening in this movie?" Um, you know, it, it's it, it's fun if they'd taken a little bit more time and played a little bit more with like the world building. If they'd have had a little, a few more moments, like where uh, Schwarzenegger and the Captain Decker are interrogating the little kid. I love that And guy. they're like, you know, how did how did you get in here? And he's like, da, da, da. And you tell him, tell him, tell him. And then finally the kid's like, I slipped on a banana, fell off a bridge, and fell into the back of the car. And he sits back. The captain sits back and goes, finally, the <laughs> truth. <laughs> <laughs> That's an acceptable answer. I love that moment. That guy's fantastic. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. Uh, and I feel like if we had mo- more moments like that in the movie, mm-hmm. if it followed that tone and followed... Uh, that that cadence, yeah. I think that it probably would have read a little bit better and been a little more successful at what it was trying to portray. I think here's here's what I'd say. I think you just remove the villain overall. I think the villain kind of muddies up the waters. I think this, this should all a, be. You need a villain though. If it's well, an action movie, need, if the kid likes action movies, okay. But you didn't need the villain to realize that he was in a movie as well. No, like, well, that's and then where that, it gets a little messy. But that solves it when we're talking about like how it should just be a dream, like. You solve it right there. You don't ever have a moment where they come back into the real world. But just like in nineties, early nineties time travel movies, like all those bad movies were like action movies where people went through time, mm. like Time Cop or yeah. um uh Beastmaster. Did you ever see the second Beastmaster no, movie? I haven't even seen the first Beastmaster. So the Master. first Beastmaster movie starring Mark Singer, it's actually a pretty good like Conan esque movie mm. about this guy and it's a really good flick, man. I didn't I realize there was time travel involved. But no, not in the first one. Okay. There's not in the first one. No. And that's why this first one's pretty good. Uh because it's just this barbarian story about this guy fighting this evil cult with uh, Rip Torn who <laughs> plays the main bad guy. What? Uh yeah, Rip Torn, oh, dude. He's, he's menacing. He's huh? so great in this movie. <laughs> and then they made a sequel. Mm. Where the Beastmaster ends up accidentally traveling through time to early '90s California. I hate when that happens. Yeah, <laughs> where you take <laughs> when I accidentally travel man, through time. Man, the '80s, Slipped '90s. On a California. bar of soap. Next thing you know, I'm in the medieval I'm in, times. I'm in the back of Jack Slater's car. 
<laughs> medieval times dinner and tournament. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so no, like, and they take this like cool movie with this great legacy, and suddenly just castrate it by like, oh, this guy ended up in the nineties. But that's like, and that's what happens. He's in the '90s all this time, and then like this girl ends up. Kari Wurr, I think, plays the character. She did a whole bunch of softcore porn. Oh, uh, but she was originally like the female host of the uh, game show Remote Control on MTV. Oh, I remember her. Yeah, and so she goes back into his time, and then like they come back to the future, and like it's too much. You can't have them in both uh, places. Time travel is one of those things that. You you should as a screenwriter you should really think real hard mm-hmm. whether your story needs to go there or not yeah yeah also I think it's very convenient that in all those time travel movies where somebody either from the past or the future is coming back it's never like oh this movie came out in 1975 but he came back to 1999 yeah no, it's always like the he, year is 1975 he, he and overshot it this is the year that this movie is being released unless you're talking about the original cut of Army of Darkness. Which is fucking great. That's true. That he goes... You you know the story about the, oh, original, yeah. the original ending? Where he goes back in time, fights the army of darkness in medieval times, and he's supposed to be, like, from the 90s at this point. And so they give him, like, the way to go back to his time, and he fucks it up uh-huh. and goes back to, like, post-apocalyptic London. Yep. And it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's pretty great. He didn't go back to where he belongs. I do like that. Uh, you know, I mean, but we've we've covered some movies that have done time travel okay. Well, like Star Trek. I was just going to say, I'm thinking of that Star Trek film, which kind of suffers from that, too, because it's like, hey, it came out in 85, and guess what year the Captain Kirk and his crew uh, arrive? <laughs> in 1985. Exactly. Um but that was a little more of a focused story, and it was just yeah. kind of using that time travel. It, it wasn't so much a crutch in that uh-huh. film um, as it was in He-Man, Masters <laughs> of the Universe. Man, but that wasn't time travel. That was through the through through the portal. Uh, still, we still spend most it's, of it in Irvine, along, California. It's along circa the, the same lines of what's going on here in yeah. this movie. Yeah. Um, so, no, I agree with you. I think one of the weakest things was the fact that they had to bring it into reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, but the thing is, the temptation's too strong. You've already had this kid who's like, he had to learn the rules and figure out everything. And that's kind of one of the disappointing parts is that we've spent so much time setting this up and him learning the rules mm-hmm. of living in this movie world that suddenly they're taken out of it. And now it's Schwarzenegger has to learn the rules of living in and the real world. And it happens way too late it's, in the film. Yeah, it's too late. And we've already done it once. Now you're repeating yourself. Mm-hmm. Again, if you're going to do it, do it in a way that like, oh, okay, he can go into this other movie. Make it a mission. But, and, and then they get to, there's the scene in like his, uh, in, in the kid's mother's apartment. Yeah. Uh, with the mother. And it's like, he's discovering Mozart. And it's like, where are we, is this a short circuit, like Johnny Five thing? Like right. where he's becoming sentient? I love Mozart. Yeah. I think I do. But then it never comes back. No. Like we, we set up these little character defining moments that never come back around. Mm-hmm. And that's. It's disappointing. Not you know, that everything needs to come back around, but it was just a little disappointing. You know, it was a payoff to a joke of F. Murray Abraham being the guy that killed Mozart in a movie, and then we're bringing it back again. Which is a deep cut that yeah. I, I did not get initially. Uh, I thought they were going to take it where uh, the, the villain, as he comes into... Um, because there's that scene, he's walking along the streets, and somebody just gets robbed for their shoes. Uh-huh. Uh, and then uh, what else happens? He's hearing gunshots, or, yeah. or, or he's like he's noticing that like... Nobody's no police are coming. Attention. Yeah, no somebody shot. Coming. Somebody looks, killed this guy, and no police are coming. And I thought he was maybe going to have like a little uh, change of heart and and start to become not necessarily good, but realize that there's 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 more evil in the there's there are things in worse the than him. World, yeah, yeah. And his world isn't so bad, and maybe he's not such a bad guy. And maybe I don't know. I I thought I saw him going that way for a second, but then no, he's just back yeah, to being, uh, he's just. 
a villain. Just a villain. Which is probably fine, but again... You need to have a reason. You need to have a reason why. Why is the bad guy leaving? Like, mm-hmm. he's he's left his world and gone into the real world. What is he doing? What's the purpose? You know, he's got... Didn't he have Danny's wallet? Why not have him go to Danny's apartment or his home yeah, and that's a good like point. threaten Danny's mom? Mm-hmm. Like he's taken Danny's mom and Danny has to save his mom, just like Jack Slater tried to save his son. I don't know. I I, I what I do dig. I dig the stanzas rhyming mm-hmm. that like that moment from the beginning comes back at the end. I really appreciated. That. I just want it to have meant a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. And so I feel like okay, if it was if it was Schwarzenegger having to go back and he manages to like you know, maybe he chases Mister Benedict into Jack Slater 2 or Jack Slater 1 where his son dies, mm-hmm. uh, chases him in there and realizes he's in that moment. Oh, crap, you know, what What do I do? And, like, maybe Danny goes in and helps him mm-hmm. so that way they could, like, he manages to save his kid. Would have been a nice reveal. Yeah. A little character arc for him. I think that would have been kind of neat mm-hmm. where he's, like, shh, and, like, takes the kid out out of the gate and into, like, another world. And, you know, maybe, I, I don't know. I, there's so many woulda, coulda, shouldas. Sure. But... That's that's where I think the movie probably would have been a little bit stronger. Yeah, I do appreciate its ambition, though. Um, and I again, like who, who this is kind of a fantasy for for kids of our age when this film yeah. came out, like to be inside those movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was a little inconsistent when Schwarzenegger finally goes into like the real world, where he's able to still throw Danny like up over like a building when right. he catches him. He rips a car door off of a cab. Like, those are the things that's like, well, okay, wait, can he still do that? <laughs> yeah, what happens? Because they, they start to set up that, like, oh, th- those rules don't apply out here anymore. What does he try to do? Oh, shit. I know he tries to, like, run across the tops of taxi cabs and stuff. Uh, but I, I don't remember. I don't oh, remember what fuck. he tried. There's oh, he moment. tries to shoot the car. As, like, as, That's as what Charles it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He empties and the he, whole thing. He empties the whole clip and like nothing happens. <laughs> exactly. He's expecting it to blow up. <laughs> and he's like, that's not what happens. I like, do love all the exploding vehicles. Dude. In the dude, beginning. The, a dude flying runs, through the air. He flies into an ice cream truck and it explodes. <laughs> and then the guy gets killed by an ice cream cone in the back yeah, of his head. Uh-huh. It's pretty funny. That's pretty funny Good stuff. Moments. Joe, did you ever see a film called Pleasantville? I did. With uh, Tobey Maguire. Maguire and Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Where they get sucked into a black and white uh, TV. And don't they, like, she has sex with somebody and suddenly, like, it's, it starts to corrupt Pleasantville, but it, instead of corrupting it, it's making it color. They start to turn color and people start to, re- and uh, uh, Jeff Daniels is in it and he reali- they're all kind of realizing, oh, the winner, they don't have to do what they were supposed to do. They can do their own thing. He starts becoming a painter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that movie kind of pivots a little bit uh, and it was jarring the first time I saw it because I was like, oh, I thought this was just a film about people being caught in a... Uh, you know, in in another, it's a it's a fish out of water story, yeah, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, where yeah. these real people are caught in this in this there kind was of Brady a John Bunch Ritter TV movie show. like this too. Yeah, there was like about uh, John Ritter and his wife had to like travel through all these different TV channels. Oh and stuff. my god, I, I do can't remember, remember that. what the fuck Something it was about called. Though. Remote control. Yeah, let me look that up. I I don't I don't remember what that was. But I just, I, I was having flashbacks of Pleasantville while watching this because I I was like oh, that's a movie that kind of did it better where it took this concept. It, it it played on uh, all you know, all the variations that it did in the first couple of acts, and then it pivoted and mm-hmm. decided to be a little something more. Decided to take this theme uh, to a, a higher level and talk really, about free will. I re- free Willy. Free Willy. That's right. I've really got to see that movie. Orcas. I mean, it's been so long, and it's a movie that you reference now a couple of times. Pleasantville. Yeah, you've referenced Pleasantville a couple of times, I didn't know and I, I kind of re- I regret not having seen it yet. Oh, you not seen it? I haven't seen Pleasantville. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, sh- sorry, dude. Spoiler. No, no, it's okay. But the thing is, I that was one of those movies that like I saw the trailer and was like, oh, okay, I think I get what happens. You kind of, you 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 do be, except all the clips come from that first 
act or, or so. Um, I don't really think they delve into uh, the the, the rebellious. Yeah, yes, and then the <laughs> entire cast. Toby Maguire tracks. He's like AIDS. <laughs> See me in Wonder Boys. What was I looking for? <laughs> you were looking up the John Ritter movie. John Ritter, yes. Where they go, go through different TV shows mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll uh, remember when I see it. Not Three's Company. Oh, I forgot he was in Bad Santa. Hey, did you ever watch the uh, trailer for Bad Santa 2? No, I haven't. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Did That's you cool. see That's the cool teaser that trailer for the Power Rangers film? No, but I'll tell you what I did watch. Okay. I watched the leaked footage of the Dark Tower movie. Oh, interesting. That came out today. I didn't realize there were... Uh, uh, well, that's coming up soon, isn't it? it I, I don't know. Yeah, I think this it's isn't leaked. This is a planned leak, isn't summer, it? Yeah, it's got to be a planned leak. I'm on to you, Stephen King. <laughs> are you yawning? Yeah. Am I boring? You... <laughs> yes. I'm t- Am I boring Just you? look up your fucking movie, I'm man. I'm trying to. Lost in... Pershing Point. What the fuck? What year are you at? I'm at 2000. <laughs> oh my god! Obviously, go back. Touched by an 90s, angel. 90s, early 90s. Dead husbands. Yes. I woke up. Or see, the problem is they just he do it by actor. Husband. He is a dead husband. And uh, aww. Which is, no, it's uh, just Hacks. look it up. Over the top. He was in Over the Top. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I do remember him in Buffy. Wings. Don't know where you're going if you don't know where you're from. Sling Blade. Mm-hmm. He was in Sling Blade? Of course, dude. Yeah. John Ritter? Yeah, he was the gay store owner I don't who, gives him a, who gives him a job. I don't remember that. Yeah. News radio? Mm-hmm. All right, it's, it's, this isn't happening. This isn't my happening. My God. Please, you just, uh, just please let will me, you be just, my neighbor? Just let me. It's what the, the fuck bottom. are you doing? I'm on IMDb. Why don't you just stay tuned? Stay tuned. Stay I was tuned. so close to it. That's what it was called. Yep. Yeah, Stay I remember tuned. that. With uh, what's her name? Who who played his Beverly wife? Beverly D'Angelo. No, was it Beverly D'Angelo? Pam Dauber. Pam Dauber. <laughs> oh, and of course Jeffrey Jones is in this. Also, yes. <laughs> oh, you know what we watched right before he started molesting kids. Watched uh, or during? We don't know. Yeah, don't know that's how true. far da- back that dates. Um, was watching uh, Beetlejuice again over the weekend. Uh huh. You ever seen Beetlejuice? Great. Have I ever <laughs> seen Beetlejuice? <laughs> Yes. Uh, what are your thoughts of that film? Uh, I love that movie. I love it too. I think it's really good. I think that uh, you and Jenna should totally be uh, Alec Baldwin and oh. and uh, Gina Davis for Halloween. Funny you say that, Joe. Yeah. Funny you say that. Is that what you guys are going to do? That's exactly what we're going to do. Yeah, you guys, it'd be awesome. Yeah. Be, uh, I got so the masks good. and everything. Yeah. Remember when they like stretched their faces? That's out? what I'm talking about. That's going to be us. You should do that. Can I be Beetlejuice? Uh, yeah. You have to fight Jason Cox for it. I oh, think is he's it, calling you, dibs you guys, on that. You guys are doing a theme? Uh, well, it started, Thanks for discussing it with no, us. No, <laughs> I, I enjoy it. We talk about movies, but it's all good. That's what I'm saying. Tell you what, I'll be Otho. That'll be fun. I'll be, I'm the fat guy. You could be Otho. No, you could be, uh, you could be, you could be, you could be, you could be Jeffrey Jones. You could be the child molester, Joe. Yeah, no, that's uh, not going to happen. Anyway, let's get wow. back to Mm-hmm. Last action hero. Yeah, just took a just took a turn. <laughs> it took a turn it for the worst. No, I really don't have much else that I can say about this movie. Like, I enjoyed it. I enjoy the ride. I think that it's a fun movie for what it is. It's a really fun movie. It's not Schwarzenegger's best. It's not the best action flick I've seen, but it's still fun. It's, but it's, it's the got last something. One. <laughs> it's got something going for it. I, well, there's I, the last Boy Scout, oh, and then there's true. the last action hero. <laughs> I actually thought and there's uh, the last unicorn. I thought uh, 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 Schwarzenegger. Look, I'm doing my Sean Connery. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh, I thought Schwarzenegger was really good in this, actually. Yeah, I thought he did good. Uh, and you could tell his heart was in it because he's got that EP I, I liked. I liked some of the stuff that was going on with him and Maria Shriver. 
in the movie where she's like, don't talk about your restaurant. Don't talk about the restaurant. Oh my God, He's I like, can't believe it. I just, you just embarrassed me with your lowbrow. And I'm like, oh my God, this is kind of a, a, a sneak peek of things to come. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cut to 2010 or whatever. Yeah, he even makes a couple of references to the governor. Call me when the governor's here. Yeah. Whatever. I, I, I like the part where the kid's like, the people are way too attractive. It's got to be a movie. And he looks at the kid and he goes, no, it's California. <laughs> like, that should have been in a California ad. That's that should true. have totally been in one of his California ads. That's a good point. Um, no, dude, I, I enjoyed this movie a lot. I had a good time watching it. When I saw it in the theater a long, long time ago, um, I, I I was pretty indifferent about it. Yeah. I kind of felt like, nah. I, w- I was becoming a Schwarzenegger snob. Like I didn't like where he was going movie-wise. I loved Predator. I loved Terminator. I loved Commando. Yeah. Uh, like all of his classic one-man army action movies. Kindergarten Cop. Fucking love it. Kindergarten Cop lost me. Yeah. Um, and then Total Recall, I'm just not the biggest fan of. Yeah. But But I, I liked this movie. Oh, no, it's great. Uh, again, what's not to like about it? It's, it's got a good concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's making fun of itself. It's self-referential. Yeah. Uh, it's a little long. It's It's got something it's trying to say. There's certainly some some elements of satire there and some social commentary. <laughs> I'm uh, Arnold Braunschweiger. For not, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Obviously, I'm the, own gr- name right. I'm the great comedian Arnold Braunschweiger. <laughs> I love that <laughs> a couple of times. Yeah, and he gets to play against himself, which I don't think we've seen in a while, <laughs> all if this, ever. All the training... The terrorists, the psyche of the terrorists. I mean, all I have to do is go, that house right there. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the, uh, when he's when he's in the real world and he's kind of like tr- trying to play against type. But he, he has that one line where he's uh, he's pulling the cabbie out of his, and he's, he turns around and he's like, rubber baby, baby buggy bug bus. <laughs> I mean, bet you didn't think I was going to say that. <laughs> uh, it's like, I thought, yeah, he had some, some nice comedic moments. Uh, another, yeah. another touch that I enjoyed was when they went to his place. Mm-hmm. And like he, it's, he just shoots into the closet, and like there's a guy there. He's like, oh, there's always a guy there. There's someone day. who's always there. He opens it up, and there's like all of the same jacket, all the same yep. shirt, all the same pants, a rack of guns, all the same. Guns. I love at one point where he's like, uh, there's a, he tells the kid, "There's a gun in the glove compartment," and he opens the glove compartment, and like twelve guns just pour out. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and even his daughter, uh-huh. uh, played by whatever her name. Oh, was. what is she? Was in Billy Madison. Yes, she was. She played you. Veronica Vaughn. Oh, see, I, I had the last action hero. Pulled up. She's Pete Sampras's wife. She is exactly. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know that until I, I today. Don't, I don't remember her name. Mm-hmm. Sampras. Bridget Wilson. Bridget Sampras. Wilson. Exactly. Yeah. But she's fun. She, and she was, Man, she played uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar's big sister, and I know what you did last summer. Yes, that's yeah. right. She's also in that. And Sonya from Mortal Kombat. Sonya Blade. How the fuck did I not remember Sonya? Sonya. Oh yes. Where but, she, uh, she totally didn't dress up like Sonya though. No. In that movie, she was wearing like weird shorts. Yep. Does her own stunts though. Yeah. In this and uh, Mortal Kombat. She's kind of a badass. Yeah, I like her. Or was at least 20 years ago. Well, you know, I don't know. She's looking pretty good at age 43. Yeah? And, uh, you know, it takes takes a lot to bed the dreamy Sampras. <laughs> and what is his name? Fred Sampras? Pete, Pete, Pete Sampras. Sampras. And it was a Fred, four-letter Fred word. Fred Sampras. Well, I knew it was something. Sampras and Son. All right. So I feel like we've uh, we've said everything we need to say yeah. about this movie, mm. uh, which brings me down to the what did Last Action Hero do right? Again, Fantastic concept. Uh, love the concept. Uh, th- th- this is ripe for a remake. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even really think you have to change too much about it. Maybe the... 
I just think some of the references need to be changed, obviously, to make it more timely. Of course. And I always take issue with the the vehicle in which we're transported into this other world. Like, it's kind of lame. Oh, Harry Houdini, famed illusionist Harry Houdini, (laughs) gave me a golden ticket when I was a child. Which was like. He told me it would do something weird, but I didn't believe him. Let's give it a shot. It's a weirdly serious talk that he has with the kid, too. He's like. He's, he's like, oh, did you ever try? Like, I just figured, like, it was just a goofy story. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, like, it becomes real because the kid's like, did you ever do anything? And he's like, nope. Never tried I it. I guess I was always just too scared. Mm-hmm. What? Wait. Oh, so we're playing like this is an actual magic ticket. Like, we're not just playing it up for the kid. Nope. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Harry aside from that, Harry love the concept. Indeed. I like... Uh, from the greatest magicians in India. <laughs> <laughs> Did they have movie theaters there? <coughs> yeah, yeah, probably would. Well, like, I'm pretty sure if you got this ticket from Harry Houdini, there really weren't a whole lot of pictures. It's just a lot of plays. Yeah, <laughs> so that's true. Would, would you just like be transported into the play? Invented photography then. Which isn't quite as impressive. <laughs> Where you just yeah. show up on stage. <laughs> and then somebody just boots you off. Like, no, get, you're not <laughs> yeah. in this. It doesn't work that way. And then somebody shoots the president and jumps down and breaks the leg. <laughs> Six sem- sem- Semper Tyrannus. Tyrannus. That's what he says. That's right. Um, so I, I love Abraham the Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's, a, it's an Abraham Lincoln reference. We all got it. We saw. So did he. We saw this. Are you flipping me off? What? Oh, no. I'm sorry. I did something to my finger, and I'm trying to stretch it out. It feels yeah. a little swollen. Yeah, you are. Uh, um, so I love the concept. Uh-huh. That's what I think it did right. Uh, I absolutely agree with you. I think what I have written down here, the story at its heart is good. Uh, yeah. The uh, the whole concept of jumping into like a movie and being able to like live out that fantasy. And with playing with the rules. Hero. You yeah. know the rules of a movie. And so, and uh, so you're, you're kind of explaining it to the person who's lived there yeah. who doesn't realize that they're part of something else. And in fact, this film I realized, um, one of the things I liked about The Incredibles... Uh, the the Pixar film was uh, the monologue. They talk about monologuing, and this film <laughs> did it first. Classic movie mistake. Yep, exactly. And it, and he does it. Uh-huh. Uh, the other villain does it, and then the kid finds himself doing it. That's right. The tables are turned. But yeah. I thought that was a clever twist. No, that's it is good. And I think that they uh, they satirized the the action movie and tropes really mm-hmm. well. I think that was uh, that was something that was fun. Uh, maybe maybe could have been a little bit more careful with some of the stuff that they did, mm-hmm. but. You know, instead of trying to throw everything they could possibly cram into yes. it. Yes. Uh, Save some for the sequel, right? Ex- exactly. The, the second to Lash, last action Lashed, hero. Lashed, Lash is, action is, hero. Is, is it Sean Connery? Talk like Sean Connery Day on the Editing Bay <laughs> podcast. Podcast. The next wave next radio, radio network. network. Some things in here don't react Visit well. us on Facebook. Oh, my God. At the Editing totally Bay. Gonna, I was totally going to do a Thanks. bit, but okay. What was the bit? Some things in here don't react well to criticism. <laughs> uh, it's so bad. See, now I had to like call it. I had to call that shot, and it was so stupid. Oh, it's fine. Uh, still right. knocked it out of the park. What did and the movie do references. wrong? Uh, it's it's uh, it's easy to just say the length. Oh, it was too long, but it's not that it was too long, although it certainly was. But it's that they tried to cram too much. Like I said, love the concept. You didn't. You didn't have to build too much on it. Mm-hmm. They were trying to, cr- like I said, save it for the sequel. Yeah. They could have crammed some of these other um, existential uh, elements into the, the <laughs> what sequel. Would, what would we have done in the sequel? Like Jack shows up at Danny's apartment. And he's like, "I need your help." <laughs> I, I, I like the idea of, uh, like, like I said, you know, uh, um, uh, what am I thinking of? What film like takes the hero and the hero? Oh, well, uh, how about Beauty and the Beast, mm-hmm. where the traditional handsome uh, uh, guy. Uh, who would normally be the the hero ends up being the bad guy, and it's the beast who's the one who's got the heart of gold. 
let's do that with the uh, with the, let's pull him into the real world. We're gonna pull it, pull everyone back into the real world this time. Uh-huh. But let's have the the like I said, the, I like the idea of the bad guy kind of realizing he doesn't maybe he doesn't have to be bad. Yeah, so it's got like a Wreck It Ralph okay slant to it. God, I love uh, and the good guy that just knows shooting and beating up and uh, and, and he actually is the villain. I don't oh. know. That's what I would have done with the sequel. Well, that's pretty good. Oh, thank you. I think what you try not to act so surprised. What, what you <laughs> described is Despicable Me, but okay. Oh, I haven't seen that. <laughs> well, I mean, and or, or Mega Mind or Wreck It Ralph or yeah. Any, I mean, it's been done before, but I'm saying <laughs> or it didn't need Finding to, Nemo. It didn't need to be. We didn't need Shark Tale. So much time in the real world. Ah, uh, you know what it reminded me of. So you've seen Ocean's Eleven, right? George Clooney and Ocean's Matt Thirteen. No, have you seen Ocean's Twelve? Yes. Do you remember in Ocean's Twelve they start playing with, like, there's a whole B plot where the the character that Julia Roberts is playing is people looks start like saying, Julia Roberts. Oh, "You look like Julia Roberts," and then Bruce Willis blows the whole thing open. Exactly, yeah. and so people are. <sighs> it gets a, it, unless it's, it's, it has to be played just right for you to be like all self aware well, you of your own celebrity. But I would say you can't do it in a film filled with. A-list celebrities, because then why isn't anybody thinking Matt Damon looks like Matt Damon? Why isn't anybody thinking Brad Pitt looks like Brad Pitt? Why isn't anybody thinking that Scott Kahn looks like Scott Kahn? That's right. <laughs> Nobody knows Scott Kahn. No Con. one knows Scott Kahn. <laughs> hey, are you the son of a famous actor <laughs> from a uh, famous mob movie? I was in Ready to Rumble. <laughs> I've never heard of it. I'm in Hawaii Five-0. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, I think what this movie did wrong, it's a, it's a little plotting and slow. Like, just to kind of go off that whole, it's a long movie. Mm-hmm. Not only is it long, there are just kind of some moments that just, it feels like they're really stretching. Like there's, I don't think we need that moment where we go back to Schwarzenegger's, to Jack Slater's apartment. We don't need that. Uh, we don't need that whole, I mean, even though it's fun, we don't need the whole bit where they go to the funeral and try to work all that oh, out. Oh, the fart bomb. The fart bomb. That's where it started to lose it's, me a little it's bit. It's a little, yeah, it's a little too much. It, it, and, and so what it does is that it doesn't really add to the story. Mm-mm. It just kind of wastes time. It's another action set piece. So there's there's a little bit of a... I, I got a little bit bored at some points in this movie mm-hmm. where I was like, okay, time to wrap it up. Let's yeah. let's do this thing. Uh, and also, as I stated earlier, I think that it's a little bit atmospherically tone deaf. I feel like it doesn't quite know what it wants to be from moment to too moment. Too many cooks, too many right. cooks. Joel, just keep on making that reference too and eventually people will... We'll, we'll uh, listen, on. I'm not doing it for other people. I'm doing you're it for doing, me. No, you're it's not. a great song. No, it's not. It is a great song. It's, not a good it's song. an earworm. Wow. What they call that? <laughs> it gets right in there, like in uh, like in Star what Trek. What happens too. with Chekhov? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Jackoff. <laughs> uh, all right. So if we were to remake uh, Last Action Hero, yeah. today, how would we do that, Joel? Well, one, two, three, four, I have five, six, six seven. Nice. Oh, because I did the child, didn't I? I did the child. You did the child, the man child. Man, I'm not sure I want to say that. That could be isolated. No. <laughs> Get that sound by Jeff. <laughs> um, oh, I'll tell you the one that I did that you probably didn't. I did Whiskers, the animated. I did Whiskers. Oh, did you? You probably did his daughter. Uh, whose daughter? Jack Slater's. No, I didn't do the daughter. Oh, I didn't do the daughter I either. I didn't do the daughter. Well, you want to well, start? Let's, let's figure it out. Hey, let's, let's ping pong. Sure. All right. Whiskers? Uh, I think it was funny that uh, so Danny DeVito is the voice of uh, Whiskers, the animated cat, uh-huh. who always has like two lines. Um, and they have a history with Junior and twins. That's right. Everybody, uh, everybody. I-, I think all of the people that have cameos, major cameos, uh, major cameos, are from uh, other Schwarzenegger films. That's true. Uh, but um, I-, I thought it was funny because Jenna is always getting uh, Danny DeVito confused with Joe Pesci. 
So I was like, well, you know what? Joe Pesci's got a recognizable voice. What if he were Whiskers the Cat? That's pretty funny. Joe Pesci. Uh, My Whiskers the Cat would be played by Kevin Hart. (laughs) Nice. Oh, that would be good. Uh Uh-huh. I did The Mother. Nope. Didn't do The Mother. That's the one we're missing. Mercedes Rule. That's right. I went with the... (laughs) Are you ready to rule? (laughs) I did uh, Jamie Gertz. uh, Jamie Gertz. From, um, what's the vampire movie? Twister and from Mm -hmm. Lost Boys. Lost Boys. And from Solar Babies. Solar Babies. That's right. The 80s movie. (laughs) Soon to be on an episode of... No, stop it. We almost made it through an entire episode without without me saying that. that. (laughs) Uh, So I did Jamie Gertz. Okay, I, I, obviously I didn't cast him. How about uh, Nick the Movie Projectionist? Old I man didn't Nick. cast him What? Either. Really? <laughs> no. Well, I went with... Uh, I didn't go with, for somebody with a look. The dude was the father from Far and Away. Remember that movie, yes. Far and Away? Yes, I do. I wish it were Far and Away from my memory. Far I love that far movie. and Away. I love that movie. Far and Away? I do. I would say we should do that on the podcast. On the podcast? The podcast. The the, the cause cast. <laughs> yeah. Can we do that for like a month? Just call it the Coscast and just um, like... And just Watch review, our listeners review more Bill Cosby movies. Just plummet? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Although uh, I, I'm going blind. Big bong bong. Joe, do you follow our, our Twitter uh, page? Our Twitter uh, handle? No, because that would be selfish and stupid. Well, it's, it's at the Editing Bay. Uh, if you ever wanted to follow us on Twitter, okay. And I bring it up because um, we had a, a Russell or Wayne uh, quote. Uh, listener Kyle suggested. Uh, <laughs> Motherfucker thinks he's part of the show now. Okay, no, but <laughs> you can't put it on Twitter because then people are going to research it. Well, exactly, which is uh, kind of what I started to do, but then I was like, nah, that's cheating. But he he, he put a, a quote on there, something about as long as my... Let, well, oh, you know what? Let's play a little mini episode and see if you get it. Uh, I'm probably uh, not going because to. Because the quote is, um, as long as there's hot blood in my veins or something, uh, your daughter is not safe in this cabin. What? Yeah, exactly. As long as there's hot blood in these veins, your daughter's not safe in this cabin. I think it's... Yeah, I'm paraphrasing because I can't pull up my Twitter feed at the moment. Uh, uh, it's John Wayne. Uh, uh, yes, I believe it was John Wayne. It's John Wayne from The Conqueror. Oh my... Dude, you motherfucker, you looked this up. No, I didn't. That's exactly what is it was. Is that what is this? The hey, one where you, he plays Genghis Khan? You run Wessler, Russell or Wayne. Holy shit. Or is it Wayne or Russell? It's Russell it's or Russell Wayne. Russell or Wayne. Hashtag Russell or Wayne. Man, what did I win? Congratulations. Well, you win... <laughs> Uh, what do I have lying around here? <laughs> you win uh, BB-8. Uh, awesome. Nice. I, I'm, I'm really excited to have my BB-8. Uh, no, but uh, based on the uh, the quote, I uh, posited that maybe that was a, a quote from our, our friend Bill Cosby. I almost for a second, because I haven't watched all of Hateful Eight. Mm. I thought maybe like that was from Hate, but then I'm like, I don't think she's what do you anyone's mean you daughter. Watched all of. I haven't Hateful watched Eight. all of it. I've watched most of it. When did you stop watching? I it? stopped watching it probably about it. I don't know. Are you watching the roadshow version where there's an intermission? <laughs> yeah. Really? No. no. Oh. I'm watching the version where it's on my phone and I'm watching oh. it digitally. And whenever I have to go do something, I gotcha. stop watching it. Didn't make it, huh? Uh, not all the way through. Not yet. No, but you intend to finish it? It's not bad. It's not... not. Uh, I don't think it's cracking top five of my Tarantino films. No, but, that's uh, an interesting list. It's really good. We were, uh, When I was at Jeff's party, we were trying to talk about like what we thought was mm. like the best Tarantino movies, the top three. Some dude wanted to engage me and find out what, like, as far as The Force Awakens, where does it rate with movies of all time, and where does it rate with just Star Wars movies? Oh, that's. And I was like, this is a weird discussion. I can't really yeah. get into this discussion with it's you. It's its own genre. Because then, what are we? Uh, are we just talking sci-fi genre? Like, right. I need some parameters. Yeah. Here. Well, I just don't want to get into it. Like, this is the same <laughs> dude that's like, okay, who's everybody voting for? And I'm like, well, you are the worst at discussion at parties. Cause <laughs> I don't want to talk about any of this shit with you. And that man know. was... <laughs> and that man was Abraham Lincoln. 
who traveled through time with a magic ticket, and now I'm going to go back into his world. Uh, all right. So if where were we? We we, ended we were on at a Nick the Projectionist. Nick the Projectionist, which uh, I said uh, I recast as Patton Oswalt. Nice, because he has a a, a a thirst for film. I think he played that role well. Yes, he does. Even though he doesn't have the age. What is the next character you have? I did the sergeant, just because he's such a great character. <laughs> I didn't do the, the sergeant. police sergeant. We didn't cast any of the same wow, people. This is, well, I bet we have Decker? the top three at you least. You went with Decker. I did. Uh, I went with uh, Ice-T in the role of... <laughs> Lemonade. Man, can't you read? <laughs> I do love those commercials. Lemonade. That's clever. All right. You know what? I'm going to tell you who I have next on my yeah, list. Yeah, do it. I had Whiskers, and then I had John Practice. Oh, I didn't do practice. How do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, practice you crazy SOB. Uh, would be played by Michael Rooker. Oh, dude, that's great. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's a two-timer. Did you recast Tony Vivaldi, the Anthony not. Quinn character? I did not. Played by Christopher Walken in my Ooh, version. Oh, interesting. Yes. I like that. Uh, and now no I think stranger we would, to mobsters. I think we would have the same top three. But yep. who else do you have? Uh, I have you... Danny Benedict and Schwarzenegger. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. We'll so, go with wherever you want to go. Well, let's get the kid out of the way now. All right. Uh, so Danny... Uh, we were talking a little bit about Stranger Things earlier. Okay, at the count of three. One, One two, three. Gat Matazaro. Yep, yep, there you go. Toothless <laughs> from Stranger Things. Dustin. Dustin. Dustin would be my Danny. I think so, too. That kid is so fucking He's engaging. Really he has good. some of my favorite moments in Stranger Things. Oh, my gosh. The, with the compasses. <laughs> it's like, jeez. Doesn't anyone here know how compasses work? I love the uh, when uh, Eleven's almost about to undress in front of them. And uh, he that's he keeps doing that motion as an example of how crazy she is. It's just like, <laughs> remember? Anyway. Uh, all right, fine. So yes, toothless. Yes, yep. uh, Benedict. Benedict. The, the the villain. He's a villain. Uh, I went with in uh, three, two, one. <laughs> Damian Lewis. Nope, that's not where I went. <laughs> Damian Lewis from Homeland, who's also a redhead, a band of brothers, and a foreigner. So one of his have best roles. If you've ever seen Band of Brothers, he played one of the main characters. He's so fucking good. Interesting. He's so good. He had a show called Life on that was really good. Yeah, and I he was also in a Stephen King movie called Dreamcatcher. Mm, no way. Yeah. Back in the day? Yes, way, Ted. Interesting. Well, who's your Benedict? My Benedict would be Sean Bean. I went with another <laughs> Game of oh, Thrones actor. That is great uh-huh. because it also kind of plays in... like. Sean Bean is, is a meme uh, he, on his own. He's played villains constantly in movies. And he always dies. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Always. Oh, and so funny. I feel like he's a living trope. Oh, that's a clever. Living action movie I trope. I love that. Uh, well, here we are. Jack Slater. I feel like we should do a countdown of three, two, one on this as well. Okay. What do you think the chances are? I, I think you're pretty good. I think so, too. All right. In three, two, two one. one. Dwayne Jason The Rock Statham. Johnson. Uh, Whoa. Okay. That, that's, and that's pretty it good. Been, it should have been a dead giveaway when I said Whiskers was Kevin Hart. Oh, <laughs> because they've now become the new Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito team. It. Uh, but yeah, I think I feel like Dwayne the Rock Johnson is, and his career trajectory has followed Schwarzenegger's, where he did all the action movies, then he did the say, the family friendly. That's right, like the Tooth Fairy yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, the Game Plan, and now he's gone back to doing like That's some brilliant. of the stuff we like. I love that. Yeah. And for me, Jason Statham is now just kind of dipping his toe, his big muscular toe, Jason Statham, into the comedy uh, category and <laughs> with Spy. This would be another one <laughs> to kind of catapult. This would be his his vehicle. Who, who would direct your version? Uh, you know, I didn't do a director. I st- well, you know, uh, I'll do Zemeckis because okay. I started doing Zemeckis, and then when I read that connection, I was like, I can't do it. But fuck it, I'm doing Zemeckis. I feel like somebody who could get the tone and and really play up the tropes without it going too overboard. Mm-hmm. James Gunn. 
Oh, oh, yeah. great! Yeah, I, I Guardians think, of the Galaxy. I think he'd James be able Gunn. to take that. I think he'd be able to fit, you know, different styles. That's he'd, great. He'd, and he'd be able to retain the voice because if there's something that James Gunn does do well, and this is going back to his early movies too. Uh, what are his early movies? I mean, you've got the. Uh, uh, oh yeah, I love uh, that Slither, one. That movie Slither, mm-hmm. which is kind of a, a self-aware horror film, a monster horror movie with uh, Nathan Fillion, and it's really fucking. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and he also he also rewrote. Well, he wrote yeah. Scooby Doo. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also wrote the Dawn of the Dead remake that Zack Snyder directed. You love that one, don't I you? I love that fucking movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's really good at, reta- at keeping a voice and being true to that voice and uh, helping it serve the story. Nice. So there we go. That's a great idea. Uh, I agree. I think my ideas are all great. <laughs> if you guys have any ideas of your own, you can always let us know on our Facebook page. In Facebook, in the search function, put in the editing bay, and that's going to bring up that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes click on that and that's where you could talk back to us let us know what you thought about a recast let us know what you thought about what we had to say about these movies and if you have any movies that you'd like for us to talk about in the future you can go ahead and put your suggestions right there we've also got a website right joel sure do it's editingbay.com not the edit bay not the editing bay i fucked it up editingbay.com <laughs> you can go there you can wow. find links to all of our social networks like I said the aforementioned Twitter handle which is at the editing bay our Facebook page uh, also we've got a little uh, swag there where you can support the show by a t-shirt you can also find links to all of our episodes it's a bit of a, a link uh, trail that you have to follow because of the way that it's all set up but uh, guys what do you do do you want to hear them that's the way yeah, to find unfortunately, it unfortunately iTunes won't carry all of our episodes we no, can only have only 100 do the top up there at a time so. yeah yeah. But luckily, we've got links to them all at editingbay.com. If you get us on your Apple device, obviously, you're, you've got it on the podcasting app right now. Go to the search function. Put in the editing bay, and uh, that's going to bring up a little image again of our podcast. Tap on that. That's where you can leave us a five-star rating and a review. We would love for you to do that. Uh, you know, Give us a five-star rating and then review us. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. As long as it's five-star criticism, I'm pretty happy with it, and I'll always pay attention to what gets, what gets written. Uh, Kevin? Your yes. Kevin Lamell mm-hmm. wrote us two reviews. Did he? <laughs> well, it's the same review I think he posted it twice. Oh. <laughs> but hey, it's two five-star reviews, so nice. I'm not going to complain. I'll take it. Uh, hell yes. Awesome. Uh, so thank you, Kevin, Thanks, for that. Kevin. And uh, and guys, yeah, please go on there. We would love it if you would leave us some uh, some some love. We want to know that people are listening. Uh, and if you I don't know what love is. I want you to show me. Zip. It's, it's a completely different song if you just speak it. <laughs> If it's what is it? What was the guy who did Rockabye? Oh yeah, Sean Mullins or whatever. Bob Seger. He's like, I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. I want you to show me. Uh, (laughs) She said, I ain't so sure about this place. (laughs) It's hard enough to play a gig in this town. Keep a straight face. Man, remember that when nobody sang their songs? (laughs) They just like there was kind of a catchy hook, and they just like talked over it. It's called the best of the Rolling Stones. (laughs) No. Bullshit. Mm? Bullshit. All right. Play with Fire Stone by fan? the Rolling Stones? Hell yes, I am. Uh, Play with to, Fire. I need to disagree, Dead Flowers, which is on the Big Lebowski soundtrack. Send me dead flowers by the D. All right. So good, man. I, they, I feel like they've been overrated. Paint it black? Uh, oh, I hate that song. Why? Because it's overplayed or because you just hate that song? No, I just don't think it's... I don't, uh, sonically, I don't think it's... Whoa! Well, I think a lot of their songs... Whoa! He just kind of yells... What? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, man. Not what? a hate to disappoint you. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, that's this is a problem. I, I'm guys. I'm willing. If you get if you don't have an Apple device, <laughs> get us on your Android. Go ahead and uh, and get yourself one of these two apps. I'm going to tell you about it. it's Podcast Addict or Podcast Republic. What those apps do? 
lets you search the iTunes library. That's an easy way for you Android users to still broadcast or broadcast. You can broadcast our show. Download and listen <laughs> to our show uh, right there on your Android device. Uh, all right. So what are we doing next week? Well, next week, Joe, it's you're, it's uh, no surprise that we're in uh, mid-October. It is no surprise. I'm not surprised that we're in mid-October. <laughs> surprise! It's mid-October. Supplies. And we uh, <laughs> we, uh, we we haven't done like any any, any Halloweeny f- uh, weeny <laughs> any any frightening films yet. Halloweeny. Right? Last thing we did bitsy. we did Fright Night over the summer when yeah. we lost Anton Yelchin and that hey, kind of remember when we void. did Trick or Treat. Yeah, one of, you mean one of the greatest Halloween films, the the ultimate Halloween film I don't ever. Know, man. Yes. There's still Hocus Pocus. Uh, oh, that's good. That's a really good we movie. Do that one. Well, we're not doing Hocus Halloween Pocus. Movie. You mentioned earlier that we have a lot of people suggesting films, and this actually is a suggestion. I wish I could tell you who it was because it was from about a year ago, and I didn't write down who. So, whoever you were out there who suggested we review uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, oh. your wish is about to I think come that was true. Brian. My I friend. think that was Brian from. Brian? Uh, it was either Brian from du- uh, Duncanville Bookstore, mm. uh, who uh, has oh. his own, they have their own podcast. Actually, too. I think you're I've, absolutely right. I've been meaning to plug that. They've I think got it was. their they've got their own podcast. I can't remember the title. We should right get now. them on then. Uh, we should get them on, and we should totally link their podcast on our page uh, because they talk about comics and stuff. And oh, it's, yeah. if you're if you're Jodzin, if you're kind of like man, I want I want some of that. Uh, I want some of that good. Uh, what, what was the podcast that Jeff did with Sam? Oh, uh, my comic life. My comic life. If you're, <laughs> oh, I'm so bad. Wow, how soon we forget the dead. <laughs> I know, right? If you're Jonesing for some of my comic life, uh, these guys do a really good job of filling that gap. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll go. You're so fucking disgusting. <laughs> we'll go. We should go ahead and link that on our page. But uh, uh, all right, cool. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yeah, man. Uh, have, do you have it? Uh, well, Netflix has it. Is it luckily. on Netflix? Mm-hmm. Okay, so cool. we all have it as Good. long as we're subscribers. So this is exciting, guys, that this is a movie that now everybody can watch. <laughs> yeah. So we expect you to do your homework. That's right. Everybody go to Netflix and watch Tucker and, and Dale know, versus Evil starring uh, what, what's Alan, his, Tudyk. Alan Tudyk and, uh, and I just had the guy up. from Reaper. Yeah. Uh, oh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Tyler Labine. Tyler Labine. And also the uh, the fetching Katrina Bowden. Don't fetch isn't a thing. Oh my Tr- god! Stop trying to make it happen. She's fetching. <laughs> I would. Uh, I will keep you here all night if I have to. <laughs> I'll fetch her a bone. You know what I'm saying? Oh my god! You know god. what I'm saying? Oh Jeff? my god! All right, guys. Penis. Uh, check us. Out. <laughs> Cut that part out, Jeff. Cut Jeff, thank you out. so much, sir. Thank you, thank you, Joel. Always a pleasure. Thank you. And uh, we will see you guys here next week for thank. Tucker and Dale versus. E- thank. <laughs> <laughs> Dang! <laughs> Thanks, guys. Can I finish saying the name of the fucking movie? <laughs> well, you don't always end with the name of the film. Right, and we'll see you guys it. here next week for Tucker and Dale. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.